Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Comreal's Industrial Real Estate Podcast. Um, today we are uh, uh, discussing the uh, solar energy and its benefits toward uh, owners of commercial real estate, um, whether it's office and industrial. Uh, and today we are featuring a presentation from our friends at uh, Wesco. They're a company, a global company that uh, manufacture and distributes uh, solar panels. And they'll be talking to us about the benefits <clears throat> and the process to install solar panels, whether it's in the parking lot, in the roof, or any uh, part of the property that can be beneficial to property owners and increase the value and at the same time save money on um, electrical bills. The, uh, the presentation is concentrated towards commercial owners. You know, most of the time you talk, you listen to uh, the use in residential uh, use in houses or pools. In this case, um, the West Coast concentrated on the use for commercial properties. Um, and uh, the presenter will be Juan Salcedo and he will be discussing the benefits, costs, how it affects the value and the process, leasing versus buying these uh, uh, solar panels. And um, without further delay, let's uh, get started, listen to the presentation, and we'll talk at the end. Projects and uh, we're energy consultants as well. So questions that you guys have on energy, um, we, can, uh, we have the resources that we can get you the right answers um, if you need to. Um, who is Wesco? Well, Wesco is a Fortune, uh, Fortune 500 uh, company, uh, 100 years old, and we put about $8 billion a year. Um, we started as a global electrical distributor, and uh, we came out of the Westinghouse about 100 years ago as a spin-off, and uh, throughout the decades, we have uh, grown into datacom, lighting, security products, safety, and we're part of the renewables division, um, which includes energy storage and uh, EV chargers. We're going to talk about that as well because our transportation system is getting electrified um, it's happening as we speak uh, we, we want to make sure that we all understand how solar plays into that uh, we're a member of the florida solar energy industry association and basically what they do is they look at uh, different product standards and what standards they need to have in order to meet um, florida climate issues so um, we definitely uh, stay up to date with what's going on there. They also look at the safety standards and the National Electric Code. So every product that we will bring into Florida, we make sure, um, and obviously they are kind of like a watchdog, that the products are going to meet um, the code that we actually work off of in uh, Florida. The National Electric Code, um, 2014. We're going to be moving into the 217 next year, but as of right now, we're and also UL. Every every piece, every part and piece that we uh, that we deal with, it's all UL tested. So um, UL tested individually, and UL tested as a system itself. So um, you know that kind of gives you a little bit of a, um, relief that you're dealing with products that are not that are going to do what they expect say it's going to do. Uh, we have about 450 offices globally. Uh, only about 30 in the United States do solar. 
Um, since we're so diversified in data comm, lighting, and security, so we have a lot of offices, but some are specialized in other areas. Um, we have two offices, uh, two branches in Florida that do um, a lot of solar um, here and also in Orlando. So that with those two um, uh, branches, we kind of cover the whole state. So anything that needs to be done in terms of solar, we have you know branches nearby that can you know kind of tackle that. Uh, what's the purpose? Um, we develop commercial projects across the state. You know that's kind of what we do. We want to make really inform. Um, agents and also property owners of the benefits of solar, just so at least the right information is out there um, and not uh, hearsay. There's a lot of people that say, well, I heard this, I, you know, I heard on TV that day, somebody told me this, we want to make sure that um, we address the questions and uh, people have the facts. Learn more about solar. Um, but uh, now, uh, it makes financial sense. So whether you believe in climate change or not, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter, let's see what. Um, it makes financial sense. And, uh, and I'll go through some you know, generalities so you can kind of see how that happens. Um, every panel is offsetting CO2 <coughs> off the air, out of the air, and it's and also dirty energy. Um, the funniest thing I ever saw was they said they came up with uh, something called clean coal. You guys heard of that, clean mm -hmm. coal? Mm -hmm. You know what that is? You know, I would love for the people that came out with or coined the term clean coal for them to kind of stick a pipe in their mouth and take a deep breath and see how that happens, see how clean that is. It's completely a farce. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gimmick. There's no such thing as clean coal. I mean, clean coal is the dirtiest thing ever, not only because when it burns, but also the ash that's left afterwards. It's gonna just go ahead and dump it in rivers and, uh, and all the problems that come with it. Also, solar produces no waste. Um, nuclear, even though nuclear doesn't produce uh, waste in the um, at the time when you're producing power, now you have nuclear waste that gets put into tanks that hold it for 150 years, but the stuff remains radioactive for another 100 to 200 years after that. Obviously, it's not their problem. You know, none of us are going to live 150 years, so they're just kind of leaving it to our kids and grandkids. And then that's a problem. Um, because there's not, you don't see these huge smokestacks spewing out. People don't really talk about uh, nuclear a lot. And you know, it's quiet, it's far away, right? But what's gonna happen when those holding tanks start not being able to contain all that radioactive material? So that's definitely something that we love to do something about. Um, and the system's gonna last 30 years or more. Um, most of the uh, of the equipment, including the panels, which are the ones that kind of take the more, the most wear and tear, um, they have 25 year warranties. So um, after the warranty, just like you know, most manufacturers, they're gonna give you a warranty on a certain amount of time, but that there's a few years after that you can, you know, they can use uh, the, uh, the, 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 actually the, the product. Now, another thing is that if there's no moving parts, so that's another reason why it lasts so long. Um, there's nothing moving, it's just electrons. Just, you know, the sun hits it, you know, I'll go over exactly how it happens, but, when there's no moving parts, you don't have as many grading uh, parts and pieces. And how do we accomplish this? Um, what do we do exactly? Um, we're a materials distributor, so we warehouse the materials for the actual uh, products, and we have logistics services. So if there's a commercial job, whether it's here or in Tallahassee or pretty much anywhere in the country, because we're nationwide. Patrick we, wanted me to ask if you need a warehouse in South Florida. <laughs> That's his question. That would Hopefully soon. Yeah. All right. All right. That's the idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, Patrick, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. 
find it for you. We got a guy. Yeah. <laughs> we got a guy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Right. Thank well, you. Well, that's what we do. We definitely want to network. <clears throat> this is our contract. So we have logistic services. We also offer financial services. And this is generally to a contractor that does the work. So we, um, we put up the materials. They do the installation. And then you know, we provide credit for that. Also, we have financial partners that offer financial vehicles to the end user. That will be the property owner. So the property owner will have the ability to acquire this on a zero down basis. So to them, it's no money out of pocket. So they have um, low monthly and long-term loans. Um, and the great thing about it is that with long-term and low rates, you can always get your payment for the solar system, which is producing your electricity, lower than what you were paying from electricity before. So I'll go a little more in detail, but it's going to be cash positive on month number one for that property owner. With zero money out of pocket. So that really becomes a no-brainer under those conditions. Um, they have um, also uh, our financial partners offer case loans, property assess clean energy. Um, that's a, those are specific loans that gets tied into your property taxes. And I'll go into more detail a little bit later. But uh, that has a lot of tax benefits. Um, and also leases. They're technically not, they're, we're starting Florida, lags behind a little bit on a lot of things that California has been doing for a long time. Um, so, and the biggest obstacle is at PNL because obviously they love solar as long as they own it, but they don't, they hate it if you own it. Competition. Competition, exactly. So leases, not yet in Florida, but it's coming. And I see that there's there's definitely, um, you know, some people lobbying for it. Um, we do engineering and design, so we can actually do a preliminary um, design where we can actually go to a customer before we do in-depth engineering, before we go through permitting, before we get anybody, um, contractors involved, we can do a preliminary design and get a, a number, a ballpark number, so then the end user can say, hey, well, you know what, I, I'd like to look into this. Um, so we, we don't have to rely on an outside engineering firm, we can do that ourselves, and that's part of, you know, some of the value adds. Um, manufacturer training and education. So if you have somebody who's really tech savvy, you're really tech savvy, and maybe their level of techiness is above mine, I would be more than happy, and we have the resources to bring manufacturers and their engineers to do a presentation for an end user. Let's say somebody has multiple properties, and they'd say, hey, well, I want to really look at this from a granular, granular standpoint. How does that really affect you know me in this scenario? Well, I, those are my may thing, maybe things that are over my head. I'd be more than happy to bring somebody that talk um, that. And then we have contractor partners. Um, so all the, the the actual labor that needs to be done, we have partners all over Florida that are that we vet out and they're insured and certified. They have all the licenses and that are able to do those, that scope of work. So for example, if you say, hey, I have a customer in Tampa, we have uh, customer, uh, uh, contractor partners that we can access in the market and be able to do the work there. So we're not taking somebody from Miami and having to go to Tampa for it, basically. We're going to go over the components of the solar system. So first you have the panels, or I cast those, obviously the small version of it. Yeah. Panels normally are like six feet by five feet. But just to kind of get an idea, so on the uh, you have glass on the top, and you have the cells that are made of silicon, and the silicon uh, gets excited when sunlight hits it, 
and that excitement starts moving molecules around and it starts feeding DC power um, through the wiring system. <coughs> You can daisy chain them. Yes, yeah, of course. Because one panel is not going to produce much to be able to, you know. I mean, one panel, obviously, like, for example, the two panels that you have on your goal zero, mm -hmm. good enough for a phone. But when you're starting to run, you know, things that are 120 volts, things that are 208 volts, 480 volts, then obviously you need to parallel and, 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 and wire in series to be able to get the voltage and the amperage high enough to be able to feed that building. So. So what I've learned too, in fact, you start seeing these all around town on, on the side of the road. You'll see them power um, a light yes. or, 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 or mm -hmm. an electronic gate, crosswalk, mm -hmm. camera. And what I learned is like you say, okay, I need a, I need to have an electric gate, and I want how much, how many of these will it take to power that gate? So this will be independent. And you'll have its own system. Exactly. Like you'll have four of these power that. Exactly. And then maybe you want to add a security camera. So you'll add two more or or lights. Exactly. On and exactly. That's part of the engineering. And actually we are um, our in-house team can do that as well. If you tell me, hey look, I need to power this gate, a camera, and, and these lights. Um, so then we look at the total draw. I mean, how much power are you pulling from all these devices? and how long are they gonna be working in a given day, and then how much sun in the geographic area, obviously sun here is different, is different measured differently than sun, say, in New Jersey. So all that takes, that takes into consideration until we come up with the right amount of panel and the right amount of battery that you need in order to make it work and be a self-contained, standalone system, kind of be an island on its own. Exactly. What uh, would that more or less, like one panel like that, would it do one, Phone, like what does it what does it do? Just from a concept. That panel is almost like probably you know fifty percent more than that panel. So a couple of phone, um, maybe a small little light like an LED light. I think um, this is twenty watts. I forgot. I don't know. Well, see, this, I, is, this is not working. I mean, this is just a model. This will normally this is a three hundred watt panel. So then normally this will be like yeah, big, big. I've got one of those that powers that, and it's a hundred watts. So if okay. you figure it's like two light bulbs. So that one would be good for like a little light or um, you, you see this all if you go up and down the turnpike, you, or yes. US, you'll see those powering. It just makes sense. because A little light or something. I mean, yeah, you'll notice. Instead of running all that, you'll start noticing them out. Yeah, they're, they're all over. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't know about you. When I drive, I'm looking ahead. Yeah, yeah. I start reading this and now it's they're everywhere. Yeah. 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 Wait, they're at that, they're at those things. Blink, the thing that said you slow down. Yeah. So you don't have to slow down, so you don't back, notice it. The back of that little trailer has a pause. Yeah. Because obviously those things work at night too. That's right. Yeah, so that'll be connected to a battery that then. And then the powers, battery feeds the light yeah. you know, during the day and at night, and just this is just trying to keep that battery mm -hmm. as full as possible all the time. As long yeah. as the so yeah, if it's cloudy one day, you'll still have the battery; it still powers it. Exactly, exactly. At so, nighttime. So that's where batteries really come to play. I'll, I'll go a little further into that. So uh, the racking, which is uh, you want to pass around, these are the rails that are in the bottom of the panels. So in order for them to be installed on the roof, you have to have these metal rails and then the panels sit on them. These rails also have to meet Miami-Dade County. So, I mean, every piece of parts and piece of that you're gonna go through today meets Miami-Dade County standards. Um, and uh, so the idea is it fits kind of like that, right? 
And you have large ones all over. So is that like what kind of wind does it take? Yeah. Uh, 175 is what they have to, uh, the, the whole system has to be rated for 175. What category of hurricane is that? That's a five. five. That's a five. <laughs> so a lot of people say, well, what happens in a five? I'm like, well, you know, a five. Everything, everything's going yeah. Everything The last thing you're going to worry about is Run. your solar panels. You're going to worry about more about your life at that point. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that's extreme. But again, we have to meet the code. Uh, and the contractor has to pull permits in order to meet that code. So, um, so this is actually a roof-mounted system. There's also ground-mounted system. So this will be kind of like a ground-mounted system, or if you've seen maybe like a solar farm, where they have huge fields, that will be a ground-mounted system. Obviously, it's not attached to the roof, but it goes sort of straight into the ground. And uh, Juan, for us in the real estate business, you might have sent me another photo, like that one that's in the parking lot, that, yeah, it's like, okay, where are you gonna put it? If you put it on the roof, and you have to replace your roof every 20 years, there's, you have to take the solar off, put the roof on. Put it in the parking lot. I mean, you still have to resurface parking lots once in a while. But then, all your employees get the benefit of having shade and out of the rain, and you're using that area that's not giving you any benefit. Now you're multi-purpose in it. Exactly. For your parking, and you're getting solar energy out of it too. Some so that's pretty. There's companies that have it as a as a benefit, mm -hmm. you know, where you know an employee of the month gets to you know park their car under shade, mm -hmm. you know, and things yeah. like that. Um, and I'm gonna go over with that because actually that, that actually has a play also with uh, with electric vehicle charging stations. Yes. So, they can be actually yeah. mounted near that canopy, which we call it, mm -hmm. and not only is it you know keeping your car from getting hot, you're also charging it at the same time. But that, so, that's pretty. But that canopy is like for how big of a building. I'll show you. There's, there's, there's. You can make it as big as you want. Yeah, we just wanted to get a perspective. It's when you office, some of us do office. Just yeah, like perspective. A multi-story office the building. Scale. You know, and if you you've got what fifty thousand square foot office building, and there's not much, but you know, room up in the roof. Where do you put them? Well, I mean, there's. We got to look at the property specifically. So if you wanna just do a carport. If it has to be a carport it's because you wanted to use it for shading purposes yeah. of the vehicles and, and, and then generate power while you're at it, I mean, that's essentially mm -hmm. the right there. Um, then you just got to look at the parking lot space and you got to look at the roof space if people are parking on the roof. So you just you have to work with the available space. I mean, there's a lot of times when you have to say, hey, I want X, but then you don't have the room for X. Mm -hmm. So you might have to just settle for Y. As far as Patty's example, like an office tower, there may not be enough roof area right. to power the whole building unless you could put it down the, the whole side of the wall of the building. Or, yeah, there's the side of the wall. It, it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, because the thing is that the panels have to be looking for the sun as much as possible. Because mm -hmm. if not, then you don't get the benefit of producing as much power as you could. So, um, for example, here in the Northern Hemisphere, the best placement for panels is south. Yeah. South, you get the sun rising in the east and setting in the west. So you basically the panel gets the sun the entire time. If you cannot, for some you know structural reason or whatever, then the next will be east. Okay, so at least you get it up to like noon, and then so you get a nice little morning time when you're gonna produce power, but towards the afternoon, you're gonna produce some because there's still light, but you're not getting direct sun, so your production might be 50% of what it normally would be. The number three option would be west. And then you get it the entire afternoon, same situation as east. The one that you will never want to do is north, because if you do north, the sun is always behind you. Yeah. So you're, you're doing this whole installation, 
to gain the benefits of the power production and yet you're only getting 50% of it. And what you said is really, really important because from a real estate perspective, if we're thinking for our clients having solar, we have to be mindful. When we go to that property, we have to look at it. It's the south side. If you look at this property we're in right now, that south side has a tree line. Everybody parks over there because there's tree and there's shade. So you can't put the solar panel over there. So if you've got a neighbor, neighboring property that has high tree lines or buildings and your property's shaded or it's faced the wrong way, you're not going to take advantage of the sun or the solar. So we have to be mindful of that when we're showing properties. Yes, oh. on a carport application, you're 100% right. Yeah. On the roof, it may change things. Mm -hmm. so looking at a warehouse, you're generally right. a warehouse yeah. is 20, 30 feet up in the air. It doesn't have any shading from anybody. So then that would be the best place. So exactly. you can't do a carport there, so you have that limitation based on what you just said. Mm -hmm. But you can produce power using your roof. And in general, mm -hmm. the cost of installing on the roof is cheaper than a carport because there's a structure that you have to build while the roof is already there. Yeah. And you're just attaching to it. And actually what, what Eric just passed is this is for the roof. Generally when you make a penetration on the roof, okay, now you have a hole in your roof, which is, yeah. you're like, oh my God, there's some people that will freak out about That's that. Problem, so right? now you have a hole in your roof, so you have to then, you got you have to waterproof it, and this is a flashing that only, this actually gets used for um, shingle roofs for homes. But just so you guys can get the idea that there is some material that needs to be used every time you penetrate the roof to make sure that you properly waterproofed it, yeah. especially when you know it gets it gets you know, we have rain here almost you know every day in the summer and the afternoon. Power so, mm -hmm. ports and there's also floating solar, which I believe you you asked that. Yeah, I even brought up not to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you the whole day. Sorry. Okay, that's right. No. Th th this is a park and it's got it's 100 acres and they have a 17 acres lake. And Miami-Dade County, we understand now, I think you, you might have been the one who told me this in your email, that yes. it's now legal to have floating panels in Miami-Dade County on the lake. So if you don't need the lake because it's pretty, if you need it for functionality and to generate energy, you know, I told my client this, I'm like, hey, take the lake, you can monetize it, you can put floating panels across this whole lake, and now you just added value, you just found 17 acres of usable space. So. Very forward thinking. Oh, you actually, guys are doing this? Uh, we actually have, um, we provide all the material, mm -hmm. and we do have a client that does that specifically. They actually, they specialize on that. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, they don't like the roof, they don't like ground mounts, they only like floating solar. How do they get secure? They actually are, um, they put weights down on uh, to be able to hold it down. So they throw weights on the water, you know, they chain it up, and so the, and, the entire platform is weighed down, just like a dock, like a floating dock would be, for boating purposes. And I referred them to you. They have your contact information, oh, great. and they, they might call you. So, great, great. Yeah. No, I, it's a, it's really a no-brainer when it comes to that because I mean, here you have something that you cannot do anything with, and like you said, um, if it's because oh, I like to see the ducks and I like to see the pretty water, <laughs> okay, fine, okay, there's a value there already. Sure. So you're disturbing that value, but if it's not. Then there's no reason. I mean, you could earn thousands of dollars in on power by just using that. And um, and you told me you could sell it to your neighbor. You could sell it back to FPL. You could sell you it. Have, to, you get. There's a lot of things you could do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to look at each situation sure. specifically, but there's a value that you can get out of it, which now they don't have it. Mm -hmm. It's just a, a visual value, depending on what price tag you want to put on that. So. Um, the roof attachment mounts, you know, tile, you know, that's for more obviously for a residential shingle, which is uh, this the uh, flashing, we call it, and um, flat roofs, um, TPO, EPDM, concrete, asphalt. So any of those roofs, you can install solar on. 
Now, we actually have um, a company that uh, they actually are Del Rey. Uh, that gentleman's an inventor. He invented a mount that you can actually place on a on flat roof. And basically, this is a smaller version of it. Normally, it's a little bit longer. And actually, this is the. this, um, basically they uses a foam, it's an adhesive foam made by 3M, and you spray that foam in any of these substrates, and you can actually mount this, so basically the foam gets into the ridges here, mm -hmm. and it, when, it, when it hardens, it'll meet 170 mile an hour pull without making any holes. So if there's somebody that says, I love solar, man, I love it, I, I, my, my, I came from California, but holes in my room, and how many, how many holes are you gonna make in my room? Oh, only about 850 holes that it takes for that. What? So if there is somebody that says, I do not want any type of holes whatsoever, then there is definitely a product that we could recommend um, that have met you know, the standards of the county uh, to be able to do that. So, um, so people feel more secure, hey, well, you know what, it's great, our paper, that's wonderful, but I still want to be able to anchor it. Okay, great, There's, that's the standard. But this is kind of um, uh, off the standard a little bit, but I think mm -hmm. it's really, um, the industry's growing so much that it's creating a lot of ingenuity. There's a lot of people kind of coming up with stuff that they're really, which is good in the end, you know, the consumer and society has the benefits from better technology that allows these systems to be installed quicker, faster, um, and with less penetration on a roof. So, other system components. There's something I'll try to go quick with this so I don't bore you. Um, the inverters. These the panels produce DC power. Okay, that's the DC. So batteries are DC. Your phone is DC because it works off of, of, of a battery, and this produces DC power. But every building, every home is AC power. So obviously this went back to uh, Tesla and Edison, you know, 100 and some odd years ago, they were trying to find, okay, who's gonna have the electricity standard for what we're gonna use in our home? And in the end, Tesla won, it was AC power. So these produce DC, but we use AC. There's gotta be something in the middle that transforms that power from one to another. So that's what an inverter does. An inverter takes the power that, the DC power that the panels produce, and then it flows through here, after the inverter, it gets converted to AC, and then it goes to the central electrical panel of the building or the home. And now it's power that the home can use. So that's the the, the, the function of the uh, of the inverter. Then electrical material, that's the standard stuff. Uh, energy storage, we're talking about batteries. Um, not in every case are they used. In some, in some cases, it doesn't make financial sense, but there are some that it makes it's, it's all, all the sense. Um, and these are some of the, the type of batteries that, uh, that we handle. Uh, this is by LG. It's like the size of a suitcase. You put that in your, that is for either a home or maybe a light commercial facility. You put that on the wall and it can power, a lot of, I would say it can power lights, it can power maybe a wall AC, it can power a Wi-Fi system, it can power some fans. Um, for eight hours, 10 hours, um, so they definitely, uh, and uh, it helps to maintain that power stability. And while the sun is shining, obviously the, char the battery's being recharged the same way that you're doing with yours. Mm -hmm. So the more sun, the more autonomy that you have with your batteries. Yeah, at homes, the big ones are gonna be your refrigerator, your air conditioning, 
Yes. Microwave. Yes. I mean, those are the big draws, right? You're not still living in your house, are you? So um, now that we have the ability to produce power, we have the ability to uh, store power, um, systems have come out to be able to monitor it all. You want to know, just like you monitor everything in life, you can monitor your cameras online, you can monitor what your some appliances are doing. You know, this allows you, you know, technology today allows you to be able to see, okay, how much power are you producing? How much power are you storing? And how much power are you consuming? So now the, the these systems are available for the user to be able to see that. And again, I just throw this in there, you know, the systems, are, because they have no moving parts, Typical lifespan of a solar system is 30 or 40 years. So it's just gonna, you're always gonna pull from the grid. You're grid tied. Solar is only coming to play when SPNL has power and when the sun is shining. Because this is one misconception. A lot of people think that, say, for example, SPNL is down and the sun is shining. So you, and you have solar. So you're like, yeah, I should have power, right? No. The way that the systems are designed is under those conditions, the system is designed to shut down when the grid is down. Wow. Why? 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 Well, the reason is because since you're tied to the grid, and if the grid is down and you're still putting, you're producing power in your house, you backfeed power into the electrical lines. And if there's a linesman fixing the, the lines down the street, you get electrocuted. Mm. So because of that, you cannot have your system working while FPNL is down. That now the only way, the only way is with batteries, yeah. with batteries or a generator. Anytime that you somebody puts a generator, a gas generator in their home, they have to um, they have to have an automatic transfer switch, which basically what it does is cuts you off from the grid completely. You're basically an island. Then the generator cranks on, and then you have power in your home. Same situation. The battery has the automatic transfer switch. So once that's engaged then you are an island on your own and now you're surviving off your battery and your solar. Mm -hmm. You are an island at that point. So if FPNL takes three hours, six hours, a day, two days to, to, to get to you, no big deal. You, you'll be able to have you know, enough power during that time frame. Mm -hmm. Now, Based um, on your generator, the power that feeds to the generator that goes to you. Go again. You have enough power based on your generator, on the, on the solar giving energy to the generator, like being the fuel to the yes, generator. Exactly. Okay. exactly. I mean, th that all has to be engineered um, because the thing is, it all has to do with your power draw. You know, a lot of people think that, oh yeah, well, power's out, I got solar, FPNL's yeah. uh, out, let me just crank on my two-ton AC and get it at 65 degrees. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe under certain conditions, it'll, it'll turn on but you'll drain the battery in like 45 minutes. So instead of having eight hours of having your refrigerator, having your stove, having maybe fans, maybe having a wall AC um, for eight to 10 hours, you just drain all that by turning on your AC and, uh, and having it for 45 minutes. So it doesn't make sense. It's really a crisis situation under those, under those uh, conditions. So to be able to, you know, to turn on your AC, um, there are some people actually, I, um, you know, some of the contractors that I've spoken to, you know, some people that are very affluent, this is whatever it costs. I want to be able to turn my two units on, on batteries. Yeah. Okay, well, you, you know, you're going to have to deep into your pocket. You have to be mindful of it. That's why, like, if you have the old-fashioned window shaker that just powers one 10 by 10 room, you know, you run, you just have to, hey, I got one room, it's cold, I'll go in there, and the rest of the house, I'm just going to have to not power for the whole week. Well, as I mentioned earlier, um, you can be cash positive in month number one and zero money out of pocket. And generally, your solar payment plus the little electricity that you would have to pay, it's going to be um, 
lower than the original electric bill. So that's why you can be cash positive. So even though that everybody wants to say, okay, well, if I make my investment, you know, when is my payback? Well, first of all, since you're doing zero out of pocket, there's no investment. You're basically just saying, okay, I'm gonna get power the same way I always have, I'm just gonna pay less for it. And that in paying less for it means that I'm gonna pay a much smaller amount of PL and I'm gonna pay a solar payment. But all in all, I'm gonna save money every single month. And when I pay that off, my electric bill is gonna stay that size, the system is gonna to belong to me, my property is gonna be more valuable, and I'm gonna have I'm gonna hedge really my hedge my uh, my bets against any rising cost of electricity moving forward. Is, so that, I, is that dependent on whether Let's say a building has LED lights and a lot of energy efficient already. Anytime that you can lower your consumption, it's a good thing because then you need a smaller system. For example, if you we're, if we walk into a building and they have incandescent lights, you know, sodium lights outside, um, uh, a very old air conditioning system, elevator, you know, <laughs> um, we, the first thing we want to do is say, hey, well, look, let's let's go LED, get an energy efficient uh, air conditioning. Let's, let's do all these things to lower your consumption. And now you need a smaller system in order to be able to feed your needs for power. But you still you still assert that if a building did like a, a green build, like now what is it? What's the highest standard on energy efficient lead, building? Like lead, lead, like a lead building. You're still saying that your solar payment and remaining electric bill is going to be cheaper yes. compared to a lead building. Okay. Yes, yes, exactly. Because all the lead, the lead building all is doing is consuming less. But the kilowatt cost is the same water. Well, so you're looking at a lot. Uh, a non-lead building and a lead building, they're paying exactly the same for kilowatt, just this one consumes a lot less. Right, but we're looking at a total. We're not talking about the kilowatt saving, uh, the savings per kilowatt. We're talking about the total. So if I'm, if their electric bill is ten thousand a month, whatever, you're gonna, you're saying that your thing would be nine thousand or whatever. It would not yes. be more than ten thousand. Exactly. The only, the only time that you're going to run into issues is if you're looking like what you mentioned earlier. If you have a tall building, something that has many floors under it and a very limited roof. Under those conditions, you may only be able to offset 30% of that bill. But it's still going to be a savings. Because if you're offsetting that 30%, that 30% that you're offsetting is still costing you less than paying for that 30% to p and So either way, you're going to see a savings because the cost of producing a kilowatt through solar is less than producing a kilowatt through any other means. Anything that you can think of, hydro, which we don't have here, nuclear, coal, natural gas, the cost of producing a kilowatt through those means is more expensive than through solar. So no matter what, you're going to pay less. They have a 30% federal tax credit. Um, I put that it's time sensitive because hopefully there's something that's done by the administration before the end of the year, but it's 30% now, next year it goes down to 24%. Which is still, you know, it's 24%. Um, it's still pretty sizable to be able to have the federal government kind of, you know, help you in that matter. So um, the beauty also of the tax credit is that you can you can include all these things: air conditioners, chillers, roofs themselves. So if somebody says, "Hey, I need a new roof," no problem. If you put it under the same contract, the roof gets 30%, which otherwise there's no way. If somebody's just replacing a roof; they're going to have to be responsible for 100% of that cost. But if they replace the roof along the solar, there's 30% of the cost of that roof that they can offset. Same with LED retrofits. Right, so LED lighting, energy storage, if you want to put a battery, energy monitoring, any of that. Bring us some water. 
Biosum's other to make it a little bit. Also, you can depreciate uh, the value of the system. So if you spend $100,000 on the system, you can depreciate 85% uh, of that within the first, it says here five years, but actually you can do that in the first year. So that's an additional tax. Can I take uh, that? Can I take a picture of that? Yeah, I see most of us taking notes on this slide because basically it comes down to like what's the ROI? You're going to make this investment, it's going to cost you money in the infrastructure. Yeah, you get a credit, that's great, but seven years, I think I heard, mm -hmm. before it pays off. You know, and a lot of our tenants, they move in seven years, so they're going to make that investment. You know, it's going to take a while. Well, again, there's no investment. Mm -hmm. There's no investment. There's there there is zero out of pocket from them into this program. They just basically have to sign a contract that says, "I want the solar system." Solar system gets installed. Their electric bill goes down. Once they sell the building, they sell the building with the with the system on it. Mm -hmm. Now, so that's that's really where it's it's not really an investment because they're not having any money out of pocket. It's basically you're just switch, you're switching your 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 expenditure from FPNL. A more reduced FPNL plus solar payment. So that's actually interesting because um, I had a friend of mine, um, you know Caroline? Yes. Mm -hmm. She, the whole pace thing was actually new to me. She did uh, the hurricane impact windows, did it and they told her on the uh, pace financing, and then, like what you're saying, you sell it with that pace financing, but the new buyer is buying it already with hurricane impact windows. So they're double paying. So it, it, actually on the website, there was a whole bunch of issues on how you have to clear that pace financing and pay it off mm -hmm. before you can the sell seller, The seller can pay for it. Um, say, okay, well, you want to buy this property? Okay, I'll just pay it off and I'll sell you the But property. they wouldn't do it at closing. So you have to come up with the money ahead of time is my understanding. That I'm not sure. That I'm not sure exactly how that, that part of the transaction will go. But I know that it can be paid before or the new owner can just pay it. Um, you know, obviously you, you, he is buying a better property, uh, a property that produces its own power. But you're paying, but you know, he's paying, you know, you're marketing as, hey, I have a solar building, so he's already paying a premium. He's already so paying. fairly is that he's not paying the pace financing on top, because he's paying twice. Well, that, that, that has to be discussed yeah. between the buyer and the seller. It says, okay, I'll pay the premium, but you pay that yeah. lien. You know, that, that, that tax liability. You pay that, but I'll pay the premium. So in the end, it's a wash. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions about today's topic or need more info on current spaces available, you can visit our website at www.miamiindustrialteam.com. You can also give us a call at 786-433-2380 or simply email us at miamiindustrialteam at comreal.com. Hit us on social media too. See you next time.